Welcome to Almost Analysis, answers for the soccer questions you never knew you had. A podcast focused on Nashville FC, soccer in the South, and the rest of the U.S. soccer shape. Pyramidish. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, you, yeah, I, I per, actually per, think you need U.S. soccer is unique in that you need a third dimension in which to describe the U.S. soccer tier system. I, I would rather I would rather have a, a, a fifth dimension, so I could let the sunshine in. You know, <laughs> so you want to go beyond time. I want to I want to go beyond space and time to a place where soccer rules the South. One day, <laughs> it's like it's one the, beautiful it's, it's day. The opposite of the Civil War. <laughs> it's like it's like beyond. It's it, reconstruction has gone so far that it's now become Europe. I, uh, I know it's hard to disagree with that. I, anyone who's, I like, anyone who's been to the deep, deep south of Georgia knows that's probably a good idea. I mean, that would that would be a grand renaissance, really. That would be the enlightened period. And, and, and who were great allies of, of the uh, the Confederates? The French were huge fans. Yeah. So yeah, it we, all we can, it all makes sense. I mean, granted, having Georgia become the new France would be very weird for the Georgians. Well, we just need some PSG money, and then we can we can be. Movers and shakers. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. The the next governor of Georgia welcomes Latan. <laughs> the almost analysis. We've already broken our new Carter rule of not talking about European soccer in oh, the first two w- 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 first wait. two minutes. No, we're talking about the South. There, I'm because just checking, I mentioned... you know what, Fleur de Lis. Oh yeah, there's a lot of French influence. Yeah, I mean, exactly. granted, they don't say the names in French at all, but no, you know, whatever. So yes, yeah. welcome to the first. Almost Analysis Podcast. I am J.K. Robbins. And I'm uh, widely known as Link. And we are here to uh, talk about things. Mostly soccer things. Um, Also, we may reveal some secrets of life, and I may occasionally mention hockey, but that's just me. Because those are the good sports. Talking about soccer, not not only soccer in the South, but also trying to go outside those bounds a little bit. You have your team podcasts. You have various things going on, but... But is there a voice of almost reason? informative place? Reason. Um, this this is there's no room for reason in football, J.K. But uh, why? Because what? this this is. I'm, I want reason. I want rationale. Because we're in the volunteer state, and we volunteer to be weird or hip. Hey, we we, by, we, we are in fact recording this from Hip Donaldson. The almost analysis. All the way from Hip Donaldson. So almost analysis with Hip Link and Hip JK. Oh, that's horrifying. Uh, but I guess I should. I guess we should say a little bit about background, who we are. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, as I mentioned, I'm Link. Uh, you may, if you found your way here, there's a good chance you might be familiar with me in the work I do with the Predcast and also General Natural Predators Hockey Twitter, uh, where I spend a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is primarily where I do my work. I used to do a little bit of blogging kind of here or there, and I was known for writing incredibly long poems about hockey. Uh, so that's where I come from. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have some ties in the, the hockey blogging community. I had a Pred-centric blog called Sea Puck City for about two years, uh, 2009, 2010. And then I focused on uh, doing voice work. And started following soccer a lot more than I was following hockey. Uh, to the point where, when there were rumblings of uh, interest in the area to start a soccer team, um, I would go to all of the meetings and listen to what everybody had to say. And that is actually where I met you. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I kind of I kind of fell into soccer oddly. I was I'm, I'm formerly from Chattanooga, yeah, and I was living there still when Chattanooga FC formed, and so I went to some of their inaugural games. Uh, it was kind of a, a spectacle for me. I wasn't a soccer fan at that point and really loved it. And so it, it was very natural when very soon after that the Philadelphia Union MLS team came into existence, and and so I got really into that. And then I wanted to, then I started getting into English soccer as as so many so many do. You mm-hmm. go in different directions. Some people go English to MLS, but MLS to uh, European is way yeah. better. Uh, and and now I got my arm twisted into doing a, a podcast, a second one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got into soccer a long time ago, but not really too long ago. It was more like 2006. When... Yeah, as far as as far as soccer, uh, my soccer story, I I was one of those World Cup followers. That was about it. 2006, I, I watched, you know, some uh, USA games and some Germany games, and and then I went back to hockey. I just paid attention to hockey and no other sport because no other sport is continuously fast paced. Racing doesn't count. Um, I found myself in Manhattan during the 2010 World Cup, hmm. and there's no better feeling than being surrounded by such amazing soccer-supporting communities all in, you know, a 10-mile radius. Like, you go outside at 7.30 in the morning, there were people drinking, and, like, from the windows of the pub to the street, you couldn't get into these places because they were cheering all gathered together. It, and it, that sense of community and that sense of excitement was like, oh, wow, I'm in Section 303 of the Preds games all the time, and this is that times 100. Yeah, that's, I think, a great comparison. I also spent some time in 303 yeah. sitting in that section. Um, if you're not if you're not a, a hockey fan, 303 is, is sort of the loud, they lead the cheers. They invented most of the cheers that they use in Bridgestone Arena today. They all came from 303, and they've, so they're known for being the most energetic, passionate fans. And so it, it leads over to that soccer culture of, of really singing and cheering and doing all of that work. So it, it felt very natural, I think, for a lot of people who went from that 303 feel into, into a soccer team. But, I mean, speaking of New York, it, it is a totally different environment as oh, far as, wow. as club support, oh, whether, wow. whether it be, uh, you know, New York Red Bulls. Yeah. I, I say I always say Red Bull. You have to forgive me because everywhere else in the world is New York Red Bull except for here where they call them the Red Bulls. We have to Freaks have plural. Me out. It has to be plural. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, the amount of support for that team, uh, the fact that you can go there and pretty much go to a packed bar for any English soccer club if, if you go – uh, it's pretty incredible. What's interesting about the New York thing is that that's, that is, I think, some of the strong roots of what we've seen happen in, in Nashville. Uh, I mean, we saw all of these. We saw this spike after the World 20, 2010 World Cup, a spike oh. of interest in English soccer. And yeah. that, it brought in a lot of new fans into the sport. And then, lo and behold, you have a local soccer team form up out of basically dust. Yeah. And... Now we find ourselves here today getting ready to go into the second season of, yeah. of Nashville FC, uh, which is incredibly exciting. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I didn't I, – I had, was, was regretting when I was moving up to, to Nashville from Chattanooga that I was going to leave Chattanooga FC behind. Uh, and for years, there was no local soccer to watch that was really – that I knew about, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. And it was kind of a relief to have that there and and see that come together just just to have soccer to go and support locally that was live yeah i mean we we have a couple of supporters clubs of of english teams and that was basically it like that and then then the uh you know the american outlaws supporters club that's countrywide you know we've got that and the great thing about you know nashville fc was people from all of those supporters groups they had a local outlet to watch soccer now and that was that was pretty cool. 
So speaking of Nashville FC, there are a couple of news items. Uh, it is the preseason. It is the off season. News is slow. So until until what it was June? June, yeah. I believe, that comes yeah. back. There are a couple of tryouts. There are live tryouts happening throughout the the off season. There was one in January. I didn't get to go to that one. Um, there is one that's coming up this next week. I and believe. How many? How many? Uh players we have returning to to Nashville and the squad in general from last season. I I I know it was more than a couple. I believe right now on the coaches list uh of returns there are nine names. I don't know if those uh have been made public yet or not, but I know that there are at least nine names uh of the players that played in the inaugural season that are coming back for the second season. And from what I've heard, uh a lot of you will be happy about the names that are coming back. So yeah, and that was my biggest concern, honestly. When you, when you have something that's in the fourth tier, you, you look at it and you're like, how many of these na- guys are going to be coming back? How many are... Because some, some of these guys, uh, from what I recall, came over just to play soccer and actually stayed with supporters and people like yeah, that. Yeah. So you wonder, a team that was surprisingly successful, like no one expected them to be as successful as they were last season. In terms of, I'm talking about on-field play. I mean, yeah. they, 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 there was obviously great attendance as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, no one expected that. No. And to have – so you kind of wonder, hey, can they keep them in the second year? Well, it depends if they bring in a lot of the, the guys who, who really helped and some new names. Or is it going to be a complete turnover? How are they going to manage that? So it's it's cool to know that nine guys are at least coming back, if not more, and they'll yeah. be bringing in more talent. So I think that's pretty pretty exciting as far as just how the off season's chugging along. I mean, because most people don't really realize that at this at this level, a lot of it is volunteer. Like they are volunteering their time to play, or they're getting like a internship credit from their university, and they're coming out from all over the world. It's not just these aren't just local people. Yeah, we do have some local boys that are playing, but they are coming from England. They are coming from Africa. They are coming from South America, and they they're here for what is it, twelve twelve weeks, mm-hmm. and and. Then but, they yeah. go back. Talk about off. I mean, talk about off-season training because they're going back. They want to make. They want to be in clubs in their own countries, and all those other countries are on a different schedule from the U.S. teams. So you can come over here, train, play, keep your fitness up, keep that experience going, and it only helps them. So it, it's a good environment to bring in people from from anywhere, really. Yeah. So yeah, Nashville FC has at least nine names returning. I uh, can't wait to hear the full roster list. There are two more tryouts. Uh, one. Uh, at the end of this month and one in March before the roster is complete. The schedule, I believe the second uh, Nashville FC social gathering is going to be taking place uh, sometime at the end of this month as well. And there will be an announcement of the 2015 schedule. So that's going to be exciting. We'll actually know who and when we are going to be playing. Where be good, we, we like the road trips. Uh yeah. And going down to support the club and, and watch the club play in, in Chattanooga was a particularly uh, fun time. I thought. Oh yeah. Uh, one, it's my it's my hometown. But two, <laughs> uh, you know, I knew a lot of the guys in the supporters group uh, for Chattanooga FC. Oh yeah. And Chattahooligans, uh, they are good people, and it's also Some it's also a the, very short drive. I was surprisingly pleased at how amazingly friendly everybody in the Chattahooligan group was. That's Chattanooga for you. Yeah, we are we are friendly, kind. They made Nashville people. style. They tried to make Nashville style hot chicken. And they gave us food and booze and everything was – it was a giant picnic. It yeah, was, it they, was a giant yeah, soccer and picnic. They've got great facilities and great support. They've been around for a long time relative to a fourth-tier soccer team. I'm looking forward to getting that schedule and, and knowing when I get to go back down there to watch some 
some soccer and and visit my hometown. I do you know once a year. Well, it was it was a great experience, and the the arena was great. But going to other uh, locations as well was interesting, just to see the difference in the size of not just facilities but uh, supporters. Chattanooga FC, amazing supporting you know fan base. Keeman, that was also I want to point out um, when we were there, that was a light day for them because they were in uh, a cup tournament, so that was actually light attendance for them. Really? Yeah, that was that was pretty good turnout for yeah. light attendance. Please, please take a take a break. Well, well, J.K. Appear, appears to choke on his own tongue. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there. I was just about to puke at how amazing and friendly those people were. I, seriously, you should... So friendly, you'll vomit. Oh, Chattanooga FC. Tongue-tying. They steal your words away with their kindness. He's <laughs> <laughs> not going with that. I'm not going to swear. They stole my words. I, 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 I'm trying to talk. We're gonna, the rest of this will be in silence as we... El Conductor is taking words away from me right now. Oh, man. Talk about people who are willing to embrace absurdity for the club, for their club. The, the, the conductor, El Conductor, El yeah. Conductor, El Conductor embodies that with the mask and everything. It was fantastic. I am uh, hoping that we can get the conductor on the program. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and I talked to a couple of other folks uh, within the Chattahooligan community about possibly uh, being on the podcast as well. Because, honestly, as far as the Southeastern Conference and the NPSL goes, they are the model to follow? Well, yeah, I, they certainly are. They have a stadium that can seat. I mean, they don't need all of it, obviously. They can't yeah. They can't fill it. But, I mean, that's a stadium that can seat 20,000 people or something like that? Yeah. Uh, that's a, so you have a huge stadium. Uh, they have there's built-in following. I mean, Chattanooga lends itself to that sort of thing, and I mean they have sponsorship from VW from yeah. VW Chattanooga. So they have a ton of support. They've been established. They grew very slowly over time, and they've got some great business models set up. And so. they travel well. They do. I mean, plus Chattanooga's located really well for going to a lot of these places. I mean, two hours from Nashville, two hours from Knoxville. They're two. They're an hour and a half from from uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, I, I can't imagine why anyone would want to drive down and see the Jesters play because they'll probably mug you while you're down there. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't mean people from Louisiana. I just mean the Jesters team specifically. Only, only the team and their staff. Aren't they the team that ruined our uh, locker rooms? Uh, they did. They did trash uh, the away locker rooms at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, uh, and, though and, I, I and will Rocket say, City and Rocket City trash Murfreesboro's. I, I I will mention though what uh, it doesn't help that the people above the uh, away locker room decided to spend the entire intermission jumping on on the stands to annoy them. That probably may be that may be related. Oh, it was retaliation. Yeah, I I can't say definitively that it was, but it, you know it's it's one of those things. Correlation doesn't equal causation. There's definitely a correlation there. I don't know if it was the cause of element. But I'm just saying maybe don't uh, antagonize people quite that needlessly. Don't, don't, so what you're saying is don't antagonize the traveling team if you want uh, to make friends. Antagonize them on the field, not when they're in their dressing room. You know, if, if you're on the field, you're playing the game, you're a supporter, you're going to be yelling for your team. You're going to be cheering for your yeah, team. Of you're course. So and that includes some songs that are against the other team, and that's, that's just the sport, and they know that. Yeah. But, you know, when it extends to off the field, it gets a little weird. 
then then you get into that glorification of seventies hooliganism uh, that tends to be a thing in America, and yeah. that's where where it gets a little rough. But I thought we were Millwall. No one is Millwall. But also, you know, congratulations to uh, Chattanooga FC being one of the 12 NPSL teams uh, this coming year to be in the Lamar Hunt Cup. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is super exciting. Unfortunately, the uh, the Open Cup, if if you're not familiar with it, which a surprising number of, of U.S. soccer fans aren't, is, and I'm going to make this easy for you, the U.S. equivalent of the FA mm-hmm. Cup. Uh, it, it doesn't allow every team in. Because there's just so many, and they're so spread out, they have to have financial considerations for traveling, things like that. But it, I think, it consists this year of ninety something teams because they keep expanding it as they can. Uh, they, every year because they try to grow because it a every bit. league is expanding as they can. Yeah, every so league. they try to keep pace. So before the the MPSL had eight teams, now it's expanding. It looks like to twelve based on the press release, mm-hmm. which is is big, which is big news. Because you know, granted, those clubs aren't expected to win. But it's it, there's there's money in it, but in, maybe, in a big way. Maybe there's a chance. There is a chance. I mean, it was really exciting for Chattanooga FC last year to play the Atlanta Silverbacks in the Open Cup. Yeah, and they granted they are one of the elite teams. Speaking of Chattanooga, in uh, the fourth, any of the four tiers, but being able to play a major serious team that came to Chattanooga to play is fantastic because that's money. They're making money off of that, which is a rare opportunity for a team in the NPSL. And the players that are volunteering their time in the NPSL, they are getting a chance to basically show off their skills to even bigger leagues. Yeah, and so as, as this grows, and if National Sea can continue to be as successful as they were in the field last year, they that means there's a, there could be a slot for them in the future. Oh, yeah. Which would be incredibly cool, because one, they would get to play teams from all over the country, and they would have a shot at playing teams that are in the first and second tier of U.S. soccer. That would be amazing. It would be it would really be incredible, and I know the the city of Nashville would love it. The supporters of Nashville would love it, and it would be great for the sport across the city, which are all things we love. So, other things that are happening in the world of Nashville FC outside of the nine, the returning squad, and of course the schedule that we talked about. We just had a uh, third jersey contest. You know, oh I, I like jersey contests, but there's the, the fundamental problem with this one, and, and I'm not knocking Emmanuel's work. It's not anyone's fault. But I'm pretty sure that they could only design within a set number of Admiral templates. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was just Admiral templates. Even though Admiral does have the ability to take almost any design and turn it into something that their their production line can work with, it was simply based on their uh, their available colors mm-hmm. and about mm, was it twenty different templates it was it wasn't that many though i have to say overall the the kit that came out of that contest yeah i actually kind of, i actually like it i never know how i'm going to feel about those sort of things but getting having something navy to wear which is going to look really great in the field yeah uh you know, a little bit of accent marks on it gets the yellow it gets the the, the gray mm-hmm. uh that are all part of the national colors i think it's going to look nice in the field uh, i don't know how many times you're going to wear it yeah i don't i don't because there's not that many games but I'm, I'm hoping to, to see it a couple times because I, th- I think it'll look really good versus uh, what was sometimes odd a little bit in the field with the, with the yellow stripes. You can see the yellow and white from far away. All that will uh, looked a little funky at times, so I'm eager to see the, the Navy. And they seem to win more playing uh, in the gray jerseys. It's true. I mean, they, I, they, no, they, I mean, I'm going to have to put my trust in you. I can't. I, they, they won more in the gray jerseys I went to a, than they wore I don't think the, I, mi- I, think I missed only jerseys. one home game, but I— but uh, yeah, I mean, they were pretty successful in those away jerseys. Maybe it'll carry over to Navy. Who knows? I, don't know. I think um, it's a, I think it's a nice looking design. Navy jersey looks sharp, so it, it, 
Well, yeah, the third Jersey contest winner, Michael Green. Uh, looking forward to seeing what that looks like um, when it becomes physically available. Yes. Tangible goods. Tangible goods. Are good. The lifeblood of America. Uh, Luke Guerin um, represented Nashville FC at this year's first, very first, NPSL Combine uh, in Florida last month. And what I really like about Combines is it gives a scouting opportunity to higher, the upper, you know, upper tier teams so that you have all these guys from across the NPSL who are playing in this tournament. Yeah, they're going to see guys they like. They're going to see guys that, hey, maybe he needs to be on our team or he's a good prospect. And when you're at the fourth tier, the, a reputation that you want to get for your team is not just that we can put a team on the field every night and have it play consistently, but if you can actually put out players who are growing as players and are really their prospects and those guys move on to bigger things, that makes the club look good. That makes oh, yeah. That makes guys want to come here and play in the system and be involved in the team. It worked for him. I can do that too. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really great for the club to have players featured in that way. And uh, and hopefully in, in, over the next few years, a couple guys from National FC will get a shot at playing in, in higher tier leagues, and, and that will feature National FC even more because those guys will, will credit their success with having played for the team. So I think for the club, that's that's so important to have guys featuring. Oh, yeah. Brian Johnson is coming back for the second season, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to see what he's going to put on the field. Yeah, I think every, I think we all are, and, and we're starting to get excited for the new season. I mean, it, we, we we have to go through. We have like MLS that starts up. We have other things to start up, and then we just have to wait and wait and wait. Uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a long suffering wait. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like any given NHL offseason for me, just sitting on the sidelines watching like a baby deer. Any any NHL offseason just. Nine months long mm. instead of three. Three, yeah. The long, dark offseason of the soul. The almost analysis. All right, so we've talked about a number of players that are coming back for the second season. We've talked about a third jersey. We've talked about Nashville FC's own Luke Guerin representing in uh, the Combine. I think I'm forgetting something. There's something I don't think that happened. Anything. I think, I think there's we've covered something. All the bases, there's something. Right? Uh, that's it. I think that's that's all that's happened. I don't think anything big has happened in in uh, nothing else big has happened in the past uh, in the past couple months. Yeah, that, I don't. I that's can't... really worth discussing or almost analyzing. Or I I don't think any. Oh wait, hold on. There's a team in Harrisburg called the City yes. Islanders. Yes, uh, third tier affiliates of MLS team, the Philadelphia Union. Oddly enough. Oh wait, so they're they're yeah. When when the uh, the Union. They have squad players. They'll actually send them down to Harrisburg to play. Aww. So uh, part of the part of the Harrisburg roster is actually made up of Philadelphia Union prospects. Ooh, yeah. So it's they're kind of acting as as currently like like the Union two, so to speak. Oh, two. <laughs> oh, sequels. They're never as good as their original. No, and they cover in palm trees for some reason. If you you mind if I I'll go ahead and launch into this a little bit, talk about what happened. Uh, you want to lead into it? Well, well basically what happened was, 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 was the, 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 the Twitterverse apparently – I was going to sleep Thursday night, and then my phone wouldn't let me. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked down and saw that there was a, a post from the Tennessean um, that was making uh, 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 waves. Yeah, and, and granted, I think – Like on the City Islanders logo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, most people probably, I imagine if you listen to this, you have at least a passing understanding of what happened. Uh, it was even it was even written by the wonderfully talented. Sorry for that weird enunciation of wonderful. Um, it was written by the wonderfully talented. JR, well, J.R. Lynn no. did, did a little profile of it after. He did a profile after. Well, that's what I was saying. He, he even, it, was, it made enough of a ripple where J.R. Lynn wrote about it. J.R. Lind, great man. Yes. Great bow tie wearer. And, and uh, Jeopardy winner. And, and multi-time Jeopardy champion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Joey Garrison of the Tennessee End uh, published Thursday evening. The owner of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania's City Islanders uh, basically made a pitch to Metro officials about relocating to the Greer Stadium to make it their pitch. The, the Greer Stadium, of course, which is still under lease by the sounds, which is under lease until April. Yeah, till April. So uh, the city can, literally cannot negotiate with anybody until April. And also, I think what this uh, it was came out this conversation uh, between the city and Harrisburg, uh, the city Islanders, of course, not the city of Harrisburg, uh, happened sometime in the fall. It could have been sometime between September and November. Uh, this conversation happened, so it was a few months ago. But man, it certainly made an impact until they came out there. We really need news, guys. We really need something to happen. So, so let's ooh fire I mean, to say that there was a response. To uh, that news, it would be an understatement, and, and, and you know, it was all over Twitter. It, supporters for, of National Seat from across the country uh, rallied immediately behind uh, the roadies and, and that group to to really push back. Uh, I mean, it was energetic, it was passionate to say the least, and that's one thing that is kind of that is admirable. The passion of the of the Nashville FC supporters is incredible. I mean, you can tell that these people these are people who love the team. They really do. Yeah, me personally. I would have preferred a more tempered response. I mean, one thing. Okay, we're talking about. But no, a this team is our team. Moving. But but here, let's. let's but no, this is our team. Let's reel it in, JK. But, but no. Let's reel it in. Now we're we're talking. About the, the the deal with Harrisburg is that they desperately need a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Where they're playing right now is on a sports complex on a literal island in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hence the name. This yeah, hence the name, uh, and the cheesy logo. It's all part of the joke. It's a minor league team. Minor league teams are cheesy. So they really need a new stadium. So they're not on, playing. That, that was on purpose. The logo was on purpose. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's tricky. You mean people want to have senses of humor? <laughs> no. Take that out of here. But the city, of course, has, has okay. basically said no. I, I imagine they probably want city money to, to help build in all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And so I, the ownership needs leverage. And one of the classic negotiation tactics for a team that needs a new stadium, yeah. that needs leverage, is to shop their, their franchise around. Harrisburg looks out and says, where are some really good locations that have uh, areas that are dedicated to sports or we can move into fairly quickly? And Nashville makes perfect sense. The Sounds are leaving Greer Stadium to their new ballpark. Mm-hmm. They're, gonna have to, they're going to have to do something with Greer. And so, hey, we'll, we'll, throw, intro, we'll throw some interest in that direction. Uh, we don't know. There's a list of other cities that Harrisburg's approached. Those have not been made public to our knowledge. Because they even said not even anytime soon. It was going to yeah, be in 2017. Be, yeah, 2017 would be the soonest that it would happen. But, you know, ultimately, the ownership of, uh, of the city Islanders have come out and said, we don't want to move, leave Harrisburg. We want to stay in Harrisburg. Uh, there's, there's actually yeah. there's a great history of soccer in South uh, East Pennsylvania. I okay. mean, Bethlehem Steel, oh, yeah, uh, Bethlehem FC, Steel. they are one of the, the le- kind of... I want to say legendary. I don't mean that in, in accomplishments. I mean, they have won a good number of trophies back in the day. But they are noteworthy for having a really rich history for being one of the first really serious soccer clubs. So I, mean, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more tempered response because it's – he pitched – someone pitched an so idea. So what you're saying is it's not really a danger. 
you know, honestly, I don't think it's a threat. I, I, I think that if it comes down to Harrisburg, the city says, we're not going to help you or give you land for a stadium, mm-hmm. Harrisburg will shop the team around, and I'm sure Nashville will be on the list. I, I think when they get deeper in to it and they yeah. see some of the problems associated, well, first of all, there's a lot of other people interested in Greer Stadium. Uh, in that, in that no, article, it's alone. only Harrisburg. It's only it's only this. Because you had what a bull riding organization, a rodeo organization it's wanted to only, put something in there. No, no, the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association is of no threat. So they they showed interest. Uh, Kroger wanted to do something with no, it. Which, Kroger, Kroger is of no threat. Kroger could probably buy Greer outright. And then there's also interest in turning it into a green space. The residents, the people who pay taxes, residents are of no, of that area. Hmm. They would well, just like to see it torn down and turned into a green space. So, so there is. So they a, want it to be a dog park. That's what you're saying. The, the green dog park. I guess why not? Uh, but what I'm saying is that there's a list of things. Would it be the Greer Bark? Wow. You just can't help yourself, can you? No. Yeah. But you know, when it comes I down to it, it, I need the pun. Give me the pun. Are we good? I'm fine. Are we? Are we ready? I'm. I'm calm. All I'm trying to get after, J.K. Mm. Before you lost your mind briefly, is that there's a lot of there could be a lot of competition for that space, and the city's going to have to front money for it. And frankly, they're probably going to go with one of the more affordable options. Uh, so there's a lot of things. There's so there's a lot of there could be a lot of competition. They can't even entertain those sort of options until April, uh, assuming that the new ballpark at Sulphurdale op- actually opens on time. They're going to have another rebranding. You know that, right? <laughs> this sounds going to rebrand for the third time. Yes. Sounds are going to rebrand as Nashville FC. It's going to be the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> hey, they can't do that. We've already got that. I don't know. The whole thing, I, I think, is a little overblown. Is it a possibility? Yes. Is it a likelihood? Right now, I would say it's fairly remote because there is a long way to go between now and Harrisburg actually relocating, whether it be a new stadium in Harrisburg yeah. or to another city altogether. Yeah. And there's the added complexity of they currently have an affiliation deal with the Philadelphia Union. If they leave, that means either the unions are going to have to spend a lot of money transporting players around <laughs> or they're going to abandon their affiliation, meaning Harrisburg's going to lose some key players – yeah, because they're not going to have access to an MLS pipeline anymore, and so either they're going to have to maybe, uh, uh, and, and then they would have to redevelop Greer Stadium. Yeah, and, and you'd have to, and they'd probably have to contribute that. So, I, you know, I can't say that it's not a possibility, but I don't think it's a it's the strongest option right now. And getting really worked up and angry about it, it, it you're just you're just basically shouting at air because you know how much coverage this has gotten in Pennsylvania, zero, really. Yeah, no one even knew about it. I actually tweeted a Philadelphia Union blogger and said, hey, have you seen this news? Have you heard anything about this? And his answer was no, because you sent me the article. No one's heard anything. This has gotten no blog coverage, no media coverage. It is so minor that no one's talking about it other than Nashville FC. In fact, it's probably below the fourth tier. That's how minor it is. Yeah, so this is my way of saying we just need to calm down, realize that we're – that." Our city, unfortunately, is being used as a negotiation tactic, uh, and just focus on doing what we do and supporting the team that's here. Yeah, I mean, in really positive, positive ways. The I'm all about positive support. The city Islanders are going about like nothing has happened. Why? Because nothing, nothing has, has happened. happened. They had a they, they had a phone call or a teleconference with the mayor of Nashville months ago. Well, that is a relief. 
because I thought for a second it was going to be, you know, Nashville Predators all over again. Keep your damn hands off my team. You know, you're going you're gonna to move them out. You're going to completely destroy everything that we've built in the past. It, it, you want a great example? 300 400 days. But you want a great example? Yes. Look at uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I told you I'd, be, I'd bring up hockey. That they just went through this. They went through. They went through, but it was much scarier because it was, it was relocation for their team. Yeah. But there was a lot of conversation. About, okay, well, we got to you know about stadium rights and and ownership and things like that. And so you get to you get threats to move, and no one wants to move them. And so it creates a lot more excitement than actually exists because anytime you talk about moving a sporting team, a sports a sports club is a, is a social club at the same time. Oh yeah. People identify with it very strongly. So if there's threats, people react as though they are threatened. All I'm trying to say is that you, I don't think you need to be that worried. At least you don't need to be that worried yet. And if you do need to be worried, you'll know it very quickly. I'm, I'm worried. Well, uh, I don't know. All, all I can do is just try to calm <laughs> you down and work, you, you know, work through it with you and uh, arrive at the most productive, positive outcome possible. Maybe, maybe writing a nice letter to Harrisburg saying, hey, guys, what's up? Why didn't you ask us about how we're doing down here? Or how um, serious is? Yeah, are you really paying attention, yeah, or is this kind of a? And that's how it happened. That, that's just how these things go. And uh, I, what I would have loved, whether it was public or not, uh, to have seen some kind of contact with Harrisburg City Islanders, just to say, hey guys, you, you know, there's a team here, one tier below you, so not far below you in this in the rankings. Uh, you know, we we're going to our second year of operation. Things are going well. It's, you know, we want to have an open dialogue about your intentions. It doesn't need to be made public. It needs to be, you know, if it's behind closed doors, it's business operations. That's the people who are in charge of running the business. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what they need to do. I would have loved to see that. Uh, things got a little too impassioned across the board very, very quickly. And I, I imagine it's probably a little bit perplexing from the outside for outside observers. Well, I mean, right now, you know, you, you look at the Harrisburg City Islanders, you know, social media feeds, no mention of it at all. They're going on, like I said, daily routine. You look at the Nashville FC feed and it's all, we're being invaded. Yeah, uh, Gung-ho, save us everybody. And you can't fault them and, for the passion, and, but just, and, it's not productive. And that's the thing. Lots of people are looking at it and they're going, oh, these people from Harrisburg are terrible people. They're trying to put the MLS clause that are currently within the USL. They're trying to, they're trying to do that to Nashville and we can't let that happen. But is it happening? Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, there's like, the fact is, we're in the NPSL right now. And if you want to grow and you want to get bigger, your main priority is to, once you've outgrown your current league, when you get to that level, you want to go to the next bigger league. And that is what Nashville FC is trying to do. They want to become a USL team. So if they're trying to become a USL team, and a USL team is playing with the possibility of coming to Nashville, you both want the same thing. It's just who's in control. Yeah, and that's when you get to complex things, you know, like cash flows and all that weird stuff. But, I mean, that's this stuff is so removed from the situation we're currently in. Come April, this topic is worth revisiting yeah. because those negotiations will open back up. We probably won't get any news about that. Probably not until at, the summer. Until at least the summer, winter, et cetera. Uh, gr- granted, if they do, if the city decides that they would want to bring in a team, they'd have to, there'd be a lot of work would have to be done to get it ready for 2017. And that's the other thing. 
a lot of work to get a stadium ready for the move in tw- for a move in 2017 that the city would have to pay for, which means it's going to get caught up in a ton of things because you're talking taxpayer money. So you're going to get pushback from not only from local NFC supporters, but also from people who don't want their tax money to go towards a sporting stadium, which is a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be it's it's going to be a challenge uh, to enter this market. And I think it's an interesting market for an ex- from an outside organization uh, for, for athletics and, and for semi-professional sports but it's also a very tricky market uh, for a number of reasons well here's the thing if if and some of the responses have basically been like why didn't you ask us first before we stumbled upon this news months later why didn't you come out and ask the national soccer community well what if they did what if they were to talk to nashville fc and tried to come to terms or merge i i even i even have a speculatory answer for that question like, what would happen? What would know. the Nashville soccer community say if a team in a larger league took a look at your city and said, we think your city is a great city. We want to move our successful project that unfortunately can't get a stadium. We want to move that to your city that has a stadium. What would you say to that? If, if a company that has more money moves to your city and says, we want to use our money to give you your dream arena as long as it's with our team. What do you say? Do you say no? Or do you say, well, we did say we wanted to talk to you. Let's talk. Uh, where do you go? Where, where do we go from there? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what the shape of that conversation even looks like. Because that is such a strange thing. It's not frequent. You have two teams that are so close in terms of... You know, it'd be like having a double A and a triple A baseball team in the same city. Maybe that works if it's a massive city, but something the size of Nashville, that's very odd. Yeah, I mean, Nashville, Nashville, I don't think would be big enough for that. There are cities that obviously have multiple well, teams like, like and Chicago, multiple leagues. LA. You look at Atlanta, you, you have the Silverbacks, and now there's going to be an MLS team in Atlanta. I'm still what is, shocked that... What is that going to do to... You know, what is that going to do to the lower levels? Yeah, and, and I'm not, like, about this whole thing, I'm not saying that there's not this floating threat, but I just, there's so little to get upset about because so little has happened. I, I equate it, you know, it's like so, if you, someone is, like, flirting with your crush and you just get, you slash their tires in response. They're just talking to somebody. Just calm down, and it, if and when something big comes up, handle it. Don't yell at the moon. <laughs> Don't be Buzz Aldrin. Get off my moon! Is that your Buzz Aldrin impression? I guess. <laughs> okay. Your metaphor reminded the, the flirting metaphor reminded me of this little tweet here. Uh, New York City sports punk, okay, says, uh, Nashville FC, MLS said, damn, you look good. You batted your eyelashes. Uh, MLS told USL that your market was ripe for the picking. Feel better. Yeah, and, and there's a great point. I mean, Nashville is a good market for team. And we got a great write-up from some MLS-affiliated news website. Yeah. But the MLS and USL are working hand-in-hand, basically yeah, almost, uh, almost turning USL Pro, oops, USL, into a farm league. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The USL, the USL is going to eventually be the equivalent of, like, the AHL, AAA Baseball, uh, whatever developmental basketball association there is. But when when only half of a league's teams qualify for all of the rules in in uh, all the USSF war- rules, how do you go about – how is that going to work? Well, what, what happens is that the MLS teams 
Uh-huh. They just make brand new teams. Like, oh, hey, all of a sudden, here's Kansas City 2. Here's in, Union 2. Here's in, in, all of this stuff. But in what league, though? Because if that if the USL just becomes MLS 2, then what's the point of even being in the USL? I'm going to get here, – here's the, the USL here, – or here's the key about thing to remember about the MLS. The MLS doesn't care about you. Oh. The MLS doesn't care about other leagues. But it's said that Nashville FC was amazing and that what we were doing was interesting and great. Well, the MLS likes stories. Paraphrase. And Nashville FC is a really good story. A really good story. It is an underdog story. It, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about the story. Uh, the MLS cares about MLS. Whatever league else is out there, uh, it, is, it is a tool for them to use. Okay. USL is a tool for them. Whatever other league they decide is a tool for them is a tool for them. If you watch the way they operate as a, as a single entity organization, uh-huh. they just do what they want. They don't care what anyone thinks. So they will if they can turn USL into a farm league, they will turn USL into a farm league. Other teams be damned. But what about the? Well, no, I guess no. I mean, it, it, answer, it'll you be answered that question. it'll be I, a I'm, a progressive thing. It won't happen like you won't wake up one day and all of a sudden, you know, MLS flags are flying over every USL team. It'll be a gradual thing as teams either get really stronger affiliation agreements with USL teams they already have agreements with, or they say so long we're going to start our own but when do they create their own identities like you see you i, I don't know if they do because the mls what if the mls can control not only the first tier but they can control another tier of soccer what if mls becomes oh now i'm getting into conspiracy theory territory here i mean mls could literally there's carve, no excuse for no pro reg oh god don't even say that phrase <laughs> but i mean what if essentially the mls builds their own soccer pyramid they haven't well, not yet. Yet. Exactly, yet. I, so we're getting into a kind of a big philosophical conversation there that could go on forever. And like I said, I'm getting a little bit into the uh, conspiracy theorist realm on some of my uh, thoughts. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from that. Okay. Well, I will say this. The New York Cosmos uh, in the NASL, of course, they uh, haven't, had, haven't, had the best, haven't had the best talks with MLS in the past. They, they don't oh, really they see eye to eye. They don't really see eye to eye, and, and their fans definitely do not see eye to eye with anyone who likes the MLS, to be honest. Um, or at least that's how it comes across. Yeah, no, they are, they are from everything I've gathered, anti-MLS. Yeah. Uh, they, don't, they, they will not give up their uh, ownership. Because like if you join the MLS, you sacrifice essentially really you – don't, you don't own your organization anymore. You are granted a franchise by the league and allowed to run it. Essentially, I mean that's why when Orlando joined the MLS, they had to change all their logos and everything. For kids listening to this, you probably use the phrase "sellout" more than you should. But to give you an example of what selling out actually means, any team that goes from a lower tier up the MLS is selling out. Timbers fans, your team sold out. That's true. That's ha- that's what it is. The Union didn't sell out because they've only ever been an MLS team. They just bought their franchise like good honest Americans would. That's right. Or good honest. Oil princes, in this case of New York City FC. I bought my toy that I'm going to use to promote my other toys that I actually care more about <laughs> with uh, with uh, gusto. Anyway, yes. the New York. How do, you, how do you even spell fran- financial fair play? I don't know. F R A N K L A M P A R D? The Almost Analysis. So, New York Cosmos and the NASL, they now have a B squad. Wait a minute. Hold on. 
all of this all of this criticism of of MLS teams using a lower tier league as as a reserve league well the New York Cosmos now have Cosmos B squad in the NPSL the Cosmos felt that the NPSL was the right league to place the reserves in order to achieve what they are hoping for. Uh, this one article's words, not mine. Quote, it makes sense for us at the movement to be in the NPSL. We believe it was the direction we had to take for our club to develop the most. End quote of Cosmos head coach Giovanni Savarisi. I mean, honestly, I think it's because they are who they are in the league that they are in. You know, they have utter disdain for the MLS probably vice versa. And the MLS has their grasp in the USL. So basically the NPSL, it's... It's, it's, it's ripe for, for development, to be honest. It's, 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 it's the only real option left. Well, it's the be- it, if, you ta- if you want something that doesn't have the MLS's taint all over it, then the NPSL is your best choice. And it's not just rec league. Yeah, I mean, these guys take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, they, I, these, and they do not... They do. They play hard. I mean, you see these guys. They they do. I mean, they go all in, and it's kind of awesome. Do you think that's a positive thing then? If uh, like because of all the criticism of the MLS doing that with USL, if the NASL does that with NPSL, well, I think it's actually perfect because one of the big reasons is that there are what seventy eight teams there or something are, like that in the NPSL. Are, there are about eighty odd teams right. in the NPSL. So what you end up with is something uh, akin to like what happens in in Spain where you know like Real and uh, Barca they have B teams that play yep. tiers down. Okay. And you know there's rules all surrounding that where they can't be promoted too high uh, and things along those lines but there not every team has one and there are enough teams in those lower tiers where it's not an issue. So there's enough teams in the NPSL where if a few NASL, I always forget the name of the second tier league. NASL, a- NASL, yeah. I don't know why I, I can never remember the name of that league. You know, so if every NASL team had an affiliate in the NPSL, it still wouldn't eat up half of the NPSL teams. My question then is, if you are a team like Nashville FC that is in the NPSL and you're trying to grow your market and everything, is the only point to these reserve teams just? to be development, like to be just developmental. I went to the Nashville FC uh, game against the Atlanta Silverbacks Reserves. That's another case of an NASL team having an NPSL team uh, backup, like reserve squad. And 30 people were there. They've got an arena that can hold thousands, 30 people. And if if this is supposed to be entertainment... (laughs) Sports are supposed to be an entertaining social gathering. When it gets to the point where almost every team in a league, as in the USL, when half of the teams in their league become just, you know, developmental farm B understudy backup at best teams, who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch your team play that? That's where, at that point, if something like that were to ever happen, that's where the MPSL leadership has to step in and say, you know, to to be in the MPSL, you can own. You, if the team is not the MPSL team is not owned by an NAL's club directly, you have to have, or or even even uh, not in the case. I'm just going to say broadly, you have to have this many guys who are MPSL contracted players, uh-huh. and then you are allotted this many developmental player spots, and something made to preserve the integrity of the league in that way. Uh, I I think it's a little funky that second tier teams have. 
farm teams. I mean, granted, you get like the ECHL for hockey and things like that, but they still have affiliations with the NHL clubs. The complexity of, as we mentioned at the top of the show, <laughs> uh, the complexity of the U.S. soccer pyramid is parallelogram. I, yeah, it is. It is a shape of which we're not qualified to, to speak of. What's what's the multi-level chess in Star Trek? Oh, I don't recall. Is it three D chess? Maybe just called three D chess. Yeah. So it's not it's not a pyramid. It is a three D chessboard. It's complicated. Yeah. The almost analysis. What team would realistically make sense for Nashville to partner up with? Uh, thus far, I know we had a one-game banner sponsorship with Portsmouth of of League Two. Huh. Yeah, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, it's good to have like a like a sister club, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there is another club that you know. I, I think along... Nashville FC should aim for Derby County. Or Dar- is it Darby County? Dar- Darby is it, County? Is it actually pronounced Darby? Is that the correct? I've always wondered. Because uh, it is partially owned by the same guy who's a, a owner of the National Predators. Really? Yeah. Uh, w. Brett Wilson. Oh. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Then there are the Castlecroft Rangers. Ooh, uh, I like that name. Yes. Uh, in Castlecroft, Wolverhampton. Oh. Look at that. Uh, I bet they could beat the... They they are in the Birmingham Amateur Football Association League Division Four. That is a proper name. I do believe that I'm is pretty, very, that I'm is pretty very sure proper. it is prim and proper. I'm pretty sure that is just the name of their fake FIFA team that they play, that they have all their favorite players on. Unless <laughs> unless you are playing on PS4 or an Xbox One, in that case you don't have the ability to make a customized team anymore. Oh, I'm still running old hardware. Not my problem. So other other other. NPSL news. <laughs> All right, honestly, I think those are... Uh, I, Everything through else, there, what's yeah, happening, that's, February's, that's, they're, they're starting to get rolling again. That's the thing. February, things start getting rolling. Yes, things will get rolling again. News will hopefully be less dramatic and less fear-mongered in the next couple of months. That will basically lead us into a good sophomore slump of a season. Yeah, and that's, that's what I really get worried about. I mean, it happens all across the world of sports. You people get excited by the novelty in year one, and you have to make sure they're excited to come back in in year two. And frankly, the the game day operations, besides the expected road bumps that you run into, yeah, uh, I thought was was really good uh, for the most part. There were some there were some obvious problems, which I'm not going to really touch on right now. Uh, but I thought that the the game day operations were were good, especially for a crew who basically made a volunteers doing this for the first time. So I'm really hoping to see that same level of excitement in year two. I'm, I'm hoping so, too. I didn't really have too many complaints with the, the first year, you know, inaugural season game day operations. Everyone is trying to figure it out. The only thing is a lot of those people are gone. So mm-hmm. how, is that going to, how is that going to affect this next coming you know, season? You know? Yeah, it's a giant question mark because there's so many ways it could go. That if we even start speculating on them, we'd be wrong or or right by pure chance. The almost analysis. Uh, Orlando's new NPS. Orlando. Okay, Orlando. Orlando City. Orlando City is going to have their first new team in the MLS. Is going to be their big first new year, and they've got a new NPSL team. Why? What? Did they... So Orlando City has the MLS team. They also have a new NPSL team, Craze United SC. I'm not having it. Craze no. with, with a K. No, I'm not having it. 
Isn't that the uh, the mini wheat cereal with the chocolate inside? Is it mini wheat with chocolate inside? Yeah. Crave. Cra- uh, I didn't know that. That's Crave. That's also Crave with, with, with a, a K? With, with a K. That's also a brand of artisanal uh, beef jerky. Well, I say beef, but they also do pork and turkey. But yeah, or they just announced that. Orlando City... Sorry, Orlando. The city of Orlando has a new soccer team that's not Orlando City, but Craze United SC. Why can't this country name soccer teams in non-embarrassing ways? You know, I I wanted to start. I wanted to start my own soccer team. You know, it was gonna be it was gonna be uh, you know member owned and then issue shares, so it could actually be member owned, and it was gonna be called the Music City Hootenanny. <laughs> SFC, but you know it it didn't it didn't pick up. No one no one came to that meeting. Hootenanny SFC. Oh, sorry, yeah. Music City Hootenanny SFC. Yeah, SFC? Music Music City Hootenanny. The Music City Hootenanny. SFC. SFC. Actually, XC. And that what was, does the X stand for? Um, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> soccer. Spell with an X. Yeah, because because it's this like xylophone. Xylophone has an X in yeah. it. Yeah. I mean soccer because it's hip. It's X Y O C C E R. Soccer. I'm an East Nashville man. I know it's cool. XC, guys. It's the future of soccer. It worked for Charlie XCX. Pop culture reference? I did it. I couldn't name I don't know what her <laughs> any of her songs sound like. She is a musician, right? Or she at least sings things. Who? I was I was gonna make a Shusha reference, but I just gotta drag us down to earth a little bit. Yeah. She played soccer. The almost analysis. You know, I I said how I got into soccer, but I didn't mention the fact that uh, I started initially it was a it was a fan group for one of the other uh, teams in Nashville Nashville Atlas I started a, a, a supporters club called the Red Sea and then when I found out that uh, Nashville Atlas was going to be merging um, their funds and league ship in with Nashville FC to become Nashville FC that the Red Sea then became uh, what I call the Yellow Hammer which you know the first year uh, as far as being a Nashville FC supporters club goes uh, well, you were working. I was working. I I was the announcer. I was I was the public announcer for the team. So I didn't read really, things in Spanish. I didn't. That was not me. Really? That was not me. That. Uh, keep talking, and I'll find his name. He was a good. He was a good fellow. I thought that was you, and I'm like, wow, he's pretty good with that delivery. That was Juan Garcia. Juan Garcia did the uh, the Spanish public announcing for the first two home games, and then never came back. <laughs> Oddly enough. But yeah, no, I was I was doing the public announcing, so I didn't really get to put my time and effort into growing uh, the Yellow Hammer. Basically, taking what I saw at Nashville Predators games in Section 303, I wanted to have that for Nashville FC. So you take that sense of humor, you take that sense of family and camaraderie and creativity, and try to bring that to games every week. And that's what the Yellow Hammer. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. But I was talking into the microphone. So this year, I have taken a step back, and I'm going to be focusing more on the Yellowhammer Nashville soccer supporters. You're going you're gonna to fix up that brand, fix up the Yellowhammer brand, get it, get it really moving? Yeah, getting it moving, getting it moving, getting it moving. And, you know, you look at other models that have just amazing people and amazing mission statements, like Terminus Legion in Atlanta. You know, they do support the Atlanta Silverbacks. They do support, you know, the, the MLS group that's coming in, and they always will there are some of the most amazing people reminds me of you know folks in chattanooga just down to earth nice friendly welcoming people and it's all in the name of soccer we started the we started the yellow hammer website uh xc <laughs> the yellow org 
Uh, and on the website, we talk about stuff going on with Nashville FC. We talk about stuff going on just to help build the soccer community and how to make it fun and better and how to be creative and do fun, you know, flag-making, TIFO-making, chants, all that stuff. The Almost Analysis. So, I mean, we're trying to trying to keep this under a time limit, so I think we're going to have to wrap things up here. And, and in the coming months, I mean, I think we're going to try to aim to do, you know, one a month until the season starts, the National FC season, then we'll we'll try to pick up the pace a little bit for the run of the course. And I mean, if, if, the, if the news is as crazy as this week, we might actually end up doing... Some special reports, maybe. Two Some special yeah, reports. exactly. Special reports, why not? We yeah. can do... I, 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 dig a, I dig a solid special report yeah. every now why and not? again. But yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll try to you know touch on some some MLS stuff going on, touch on some other things in the soccer tier uh, when there's some big international news as far as U.S. men's team or women's team. Uh, you know, that nothing doesn't really... involve Hope Solo being arrested. He, well, good luck with that because it's going to happen. It is, and uh, and and honestly, they need her. You saw that game against France. I I was working. I did not see it. You uh, well, there was there was one minute, and that's when France got both goals. Yeah, well, one minute. If they can't beat France, Jeremy's going to cause them problems. Uh, but you know, in, in in the meantime, I think what's our what's the uh, our Twitter handle? Our uh, Twitter handles because you you have we, we, Yellowhammer well, and the, I, I uh, the podcast. We, we, so what, guess, are the, what, are the, what are the guess, Twitter handles? Yeah, I guess we could do Twitter handles. Uh, that could that could actually be a good American soccer team name because it's plural. Uh, we've got at almost analysis. And yeah, no, no underscores or anything. Just no underscores. Up. Just two words. We are that are so combined. we are we are soccer thought leaders. That's right. And then there's uh, at Yellowhammer NSH, like Nashville. Uh, and then I think you can also, as always, you can find me uh, on the podcast, uh, typically on a weekly basis, um, and and that's at, at the I'm also always blog- doing kind of. Someone the other day said called Twitter uh, microblogging. It freaked me out. So now I almost said it again. Yeah. Uh, and also you can... Blogging? Yeah, it is. Um, can, can I put that on my resume? Yes. Uh, but you can find me... You can also find me on Twitter at 3D Link. And mostly it's heavy hockey stuff, so be forewarned. But I also talk uh, some soccer things, Union and, and Tottenham Hotspur. So if those things interest you, uh, I, su- I suggest you follow. It's amusing. So, yeah, with that, we've talked about Nashville FC. We've talked about the NPSL. We've talked about the NASL. We've talked about the USL Pro. Whoops, USL. We've talked about MLS, and uh, we will continue and we've to... we circles. And, 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 yeah, we've talked into a circle. So yep. we will continue doing that next time at Almost Analysis. I am J.K. Robbins. And I'm Link. Thank you for listening. Almost Analysis was written, produced, and edited by J.K. Robbins and Link. Words and opinions are theirs and theirs alone. Original music by Casey Moore. Stream at www.theyellowhammer.org or on iTunes. This has been Almost a Production.